below. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast known as TSC Talks, inspired by the condition known as tuberous sclerosis complex. My name is Jill Woodworth and I am your host. Stop the music there. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since we put up a podcast, and my apologies for that. We were involved with our virtual holiday marketplace, which I hope you checked out. It's up on our site. We had, I believe, a total of six vendors, seven vendors, actually, and ranging from people in the cannabis industry to an artist to someone making their own soaps to nonprofits, so really a group of people coming together to collaborate, share their business information in a unique format, and hopefully either sell their products or services or at least get some some publicity out there. We did this all for free. We're hoping to do another market in a couple months, so if you're interested, we already have people and we're taking names, so reach out to us at uh, admin at tsctalks.com or reach out to us on one of our many social media channels. Thanks so much for participating. And if you haven't checked it out, do so. So coming up next on the podcast is creator of our product forest bathing topicals and frequent guest, Mike Robinson. And Mike is founder of the Global Cannabinoid Research Center. He is here to give us an update about the Global Cannabinoid Research Center publications that he's launching. And he's talking about the need for this type of content in the cannabis industry, getting the patient stories. I don't know anybody who can put out a patient, first of all, put out the volume of material that Mike does, as well as bringing these stories to life and bringing the people and their lives and their situations where they started to implement a regimen of cannabis and change, um, change, transform their lives. The way he puts it together and puts it out there is just gripping. And I always learn something and feel uplifted and changed by his material. So now he's putting out more publications. You're going to hear about them in this podcast. And he's looking for writers and content. So if you're interested in that, listen to this and email him at 50kreasons at gmail.com. So that's the podcast that's coming up. I just want to also say thanks to Mike for the giveaway that he recently launched, and I believe it's over right now, but I was the recipient of a ton of CBD, CBG products that I am hoping to give to friends, family, and people locally, and anybody is in need of CBD or CBG products that knows me or wants to reach out, please do so, and I will uh, get some of these to you because Mike is incredibly generous with his time, his resources, his energy, and transforming this industry into a compassionate, uh, giving, loving place where we can all heal using this amazing plant. So I'm going to stop talking and turn it over to Mike. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this. Thanks for being on. This is Mike Robinson. He is founder of Global Cannabinoid Research Center, as well as the the founder, I don't know whether you call yourself founder of Genevieve's Carousel Challenge, uh, nonprofit. Founder of a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's just I very know. Different How long do we have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to have you talk about the, you know, the publications that you've launched recently. If Sure. We've recently dubbed it GCRC Publications, uh, naming it after the Global Cannabinoid Research Center's acronym, GCRC, but that's a temporary name. We've got something much bigger planned. 
there's multiple different online magazines or uh, news blogs from Recovery Life Today to My Opioid Exit. Uh, we've got Cannabis Healed Me. It just keeps going on down the line. You know, we ran into a problem, Joe, when it came to doing press releases on cannabis and cannabinoid medicine. And I think you were a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got got, really picky or really restrictive. Really restrictive. And we found that in general, when we go out to release news on cannabis medicine, it's got to be in the format of a press release. It's got to go through certain channels with certain entities that charge quite a bit, or it ends up sort of on the back burner. And, you know, what I saw was the need for continual patient stories, the uh, integration of the like my opioid exit and recovery life today, integration of cannabinoid medicine and cannabis into the world of recovery. Uh, many people are aware that I am a recovering opioid addict. I was addicted to pharmaceutical opioids from fentanyl to oxy to morphine for 24 years wow. after a NASCAR wreck in 1995. In early September, I had uh, some people very close to me, you know, extremely close to me, die to fentanyl right. overdoses. And that really kicked us off. It was more of a therapeutic thing to launch this publication entity. It wasn't even really called that. It just was one website after another. And I saw the Cannabis wow. Love Story gaining so much traction on Mike's Medicines, my blog. Over 20 million people had viewed the Cannabis Love Story. And without any advertising on any of the 20-plus websites I had, it just starting to not make sense not to monetize some of that, give some exposure to the world that wants to advertise, and also read more straight-up cannabis news, patient-straighted. I mean, we've got a lot of paper play going on in the media world in cannabis, and I want to get away from that. Um, we've got the Hemp Users Guide that's yep. taken off. I've got the Global Hemp Reporter. We've got Cannabis News Now. I've got the HempReporter.com. I mean, there's onward, There's so many different URLs that we've got together that we're going to launch into online magazines so we can get as much good data out there as possible. So it's that's uh, fabulous. I've loved so far the articles that you've that you've written and you know just just the qual- the quality of the content and the consistency has been I don't know. I've been enjoying it, but I can imagine that it's it's a lot to to manage and keep up with. Are you getting a lot of people that are interested in writing or being involved in that, Mike? Well, you know, I am gaining people that are interested in writing, and this is a very important part of this whole publication entity. It's not something I'm looking at to monetize, make money. Uh, You know, we've got the Research Center. We've got brands launching. We've got so many different things going on. What I was looking at, is is very personal, but I'm going to talk about it publicly, okay? There are several cannabis media entities that are out and about gathering patient data, patient stories, patient input, actually taking the time of cannabis patients that are generally disabled or don't have other jobs, don't have other incomes. And then I see these articles published and that aren't making money, people that are patients, um, other people that are up 
ability to get published. Yeah. When somebody publishes, it's a whole different story. In the last 90 days, well, let's narrow it down. In the last 45 days, I've published over 150 articles. Holy mackerel. During that period of time, my Facebook main account that was 15 years old was taken down by the network. It was tied to an Instagram account that was heavily followed that was also taken down. So I completely fell off of the mainstream social media while I just continued writing. And as I came back on now, I have 10 other Instagram accounts for all my different (laughs) entities. So I didn't go away at all. What it did was create a demand to see more of what was coming out. And one message I have that's very solid for people out there that want to advance themselves Start writing. Start writing. I see, I'm telling you, I see long Facebook posts, Instagram posts, you know, places where people can type out quite a bit mm-hmm. and they're commenting. And these literally are mini articles. All they need is a little bit of expansion, a little bit of coaching from somebody like me. Yep. And it can be a publication with a website, a URL. Now, this lasts forever. And right. this is the point I try to make to a lot of people that are cannabis patients is you can keep on posting the reviews of products you use. You can keep on posting how you feel today. But guess what? Each one of those posts expanded just a little bit with a photo becomes a permanent part of the World Wide Web. It becomes an article that people can go back to for years and years to gain support or information from. And it's so important that we take this history that we make every single day when we go online and make it last for decades to come. And the yeah. only way we're going to do that is if we get this stuff onto URLs and actual websites, and those websites turn into ebooks and things such as that. That creates the history books for the year 2030, 2040, wow. 2050. And we have to look at things like that. For example, Mike's Medicines has been around for three and a half years, has over 500 patient stories. Uh, one of the projects we have for this publication entity is to make Mike's Medicine the ebook online that takes all of these patient stories That's and moves great. them onto an e. Now we have something that, uh, you know, in the year 2040, uh, somebody's child that was just born today is 20 years old in college, you know, and studying yep. about this advanced cannabinoid medicine that we don't know anything about. Right. <laughs> they get to read back about the animals and what people did in 2015 uh, or 17. It's sort of like us looking back at O'Shaughnessy. You know, you yeah, yeah. You know, it's great, too. Be, I mean, it's like instead of just putting up a Facebook post um, and putting your anecdotal story there, you're actually kind of contributing to research in some ways like a database and research that – yeah, that, I mean, I go to your site when I'm looking for some particular aspect of cannabinoid medicine and, you know, I don't know what it would be, say depression or something, and I Google it and I can find, I find, you know, like real life stories that make the connection, that really um, go beyond just the, the, the cold medical, you know, facts and the, even just the science, of, but bringing it to life in that way is so valuable i believe and yeah i love it mike i do so the whole concept is to dam up the river okay we've got a river of information flowing a thousand miles an hour patients giving accounting anecdotal stories 
what happened to me today when I use this CBD, this right. CBG, that THC. This is a river of knowledge that's moving so fast. The average consumer can never keep up, can't get a whole picture of it. But when we take that river of knowledge and dam it up, okay, literally stop it. And that's and that's not by stopping the knowledge from from spreading, but no. putting these stop points up where we take all that information and move it into online articles, move it into uh, ebooks, and we do this in a way unlike what we've seen in magazines that are out there in print right now, mm-hmm. because a lot of magazines that we see right now are science based. They have to be perfectly written, and let's face it. Consumers and people that want to read today don't look at perfectly written things, and that's what they want. They want the raw data. And when you look at the annals that we look at back at now, I've been publishing a lot of old information, letters from 
I was like, I like to lead in with the first first paragraph. And he was like, you know, well, you lead in and lose me. And it was amazing to wow. get a lot of input. And the average consumer does not want to look at a five or seven minute read. They want to look at a one to two minute read max. They want to look at five to seven paragraphs max. And they want to gather information that's palatable, something they can digest, understand, and move on. And and I believe that there a lot of that is currently missed in the world of cannabis media. And then when I look outside of cannabis media to who's covering different stories on cannabis, they don't know what we're talking about. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Yeah. I have. You know, articles, ways to use and it's like, this is not the top 10 ways to use that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like and, somebody and, did a Google search, and then they kind of threw, wrote to get, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's not something I, There's that, a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And, see, there's there's an issue with with this educational component that comes from from your more basic articles and not from the scientific type of articles. And the biggest issue is what I call the content mill. You know, and, and it's much like a clothing mill, a person mill, where things are sold very cheap. And, you know, all over the globe, we've got different people working in little sweatshops doing all kinds of things. And one of the things they do is sell content. And, yeah. you know, this came to me because I have Mike's Medicines. I have Genevieve's Dream, Carousel's Animals. I've got several websites for brands. Several websites like Mike's Medicines that had blogs or have blogs, right? Mm -hmm. So I got approached by these content mill creators to say, hey, look, will you place our content in your blog? We'll pay you $40. I scratched my head. I was like, well, you know, Canopy Grows offered me a quarter million dollars for this website. Their CEO's name is also Mike Robinson, but they sort of want my website. And I laughed at that offer. It was missing some zeros, you know. But 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 the bottom line of it was is that look, I'm I'm not going to place content on my canvas blog that I put all this blood, sweat, and tears into in years for forty dollars. Yeah, no way. It's like so cheap. It cheapens the value of of the content. Jeez. It does. And, you know, what it has made me do, and as I have time, I go through and, and dig through more and find articles that were submitted to me by this content writer or that content writer. And I found that they were actually submitted to me by those type of content mills. And what they do is go out and, and sell hyperlinks. So they'll go to this company or that company and say, hey, you know, for $25, we'll put a hyperlink in this, this article. And uh-huh. and then the next thing you know, there's 10 hyperlinks in the article and making $250 on an article that's about nothing. So the companies yeah. have paid them that. Then they go out and they need a place to put it. So they come to people like me and say, hey, can I place my content on your blog? And I go, oh, great. I'm too busy today, so I'll take your stuff. And a uh-huh. lot of people in the CBD industry especially – I'm noticing are accepting that place content and they have no idea that what they're putting on their website is benign because it doesn't make medical claims. Right. But it's so poorly written. It's turning people off. Yeah. So you're looking to raise the the overall quality of like materials in the cannabis space and in the, you know, kind of like redoing the whole media, (laughs) like a media that's out there because, 
I wouldn't go that far. You know, I mean, there's there's media entities out there that do a good job, and I'll mention a few of them. Okay. One of them is Greenflower. Greenflower Media does a great job. Yeah. Certification courses. They pay their people. They pay their writers. So you you're know, getting quality never, content from them. I've never heard of them holding big expos and having speakers speak for free, drive there for free, uh, pay out of their own pocket to talk. This is what I don't like. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that I have a history beyond cannabinoid medicine, and that's as a civil rights lobbyist. And one of the biggest things that I did throughout that period of time was examine, work on, and look at the ADA as well as file U.S. Department of Justice complaints for ADA abuse, different abuses underneath uh, the, the act and violations under it. And one of the biggest ways to get in trouble is to employ people that are disabled without paying them. Yeah, and when you ask somebody to write an article for you, you publish it in your online magazine, and then you put it into a print magazine, and then you put advertising on there and collect money, you've now fallen into the category of unfair business practices against the disabled. So I have some news for a lot of people doing that. You're violating federal law. So when it comes down to it, you know, there are a lot of opportunities for patients and people to advance themselves in the world of cannabis. And what we're trying to do is just make another one. You know, as we move forward and expand the Global Cannabinoid Research Center and its vision, we're also retracting a little bit. You know, we've got all these different things that we're doing, so we're throwing it out there, we're pulling it back, and we're looking at what worked. And when it comes to the publication entity, it's the same thing. You know, what online magazines do people really need? Which ones will they really respond to? And which ones just don't need to be there. Right. And, and I think that for the most part, you know, with GCRC publications, we're looking to give people an opportunity. There's so many people out there that could be writing an article, getting a byline, having a hyperlink back to their LinkedIn or Facebook page, you know, and, and, ex and increasing their exposure. There's just a huge difference between a Facebook post or an Instagram post that has your picture and has a bunch of information and a website URL that you can just drop down. Because you might have a day-to-day -day where you want to talk about what happened and you're giving some crucial information in your post and you're putting up a photo that's very attractive. People are looking at it and going, wow, I want to read this post because I see the photo. The same thing's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, even three years from now with your article. And that I couldn't make that point any stronger to people. So to answer your question as far as am I getting a lot of people submitting articles, no, I'm not. Out of 130, 140 articles published or whatever number it is in the last 45 days, it's a huge number. I believe less than 10 came from outside wow. sources. Yeah, so, and I got to so, get you some. No. I have tons of writing. I I just think that like my writing goes on so long that I want to make it like coherent. So I resist going back and looking at it and pulling out something. But you know, if you take stuff like that, a lot of people feel that way. They feel like I'm just babbling on. What I, I feel like I'm babbling on in every article I write, especially in my medicines. And I'll tell you, I had a mom send me an article about her son. And 
her son is fighting autism and epilepsy using cannabis oil. It's just an example. Okay, and this mom also, this mother also went into what it was like when her son was diagnosed. There's a whole entire page on that, you know, and how she thought about cannabis the day her son was diagnosed. Like really? Years ago. I'll have to go read that. She also went on about his treatment regimen. That's a page and a half. That's she went on again about how she took her whole experience with him from moment born to now to create a company. So what she sent me are is a total of three articles. Once I maybe three articles website, so you're gonna get six URLs back from your one email to Wow. That's motivating for me. (laughs) So she was like she couldn't believe it. She was like I'm going to be published six times. Uh, that's beautiful. And I'm like, yes, and it's this is, you know, I just got the chills, Joe, saying that. I'm going to yeah. be published six times. You can I got so it, too. Excited. The feeling I just got was when one of the head of the Cannabis Nurses Association, Sue Rosen, a lot of people know the legend nurse, Sue Rosen, cannabis nurse. I mean, I'll tell you, she's on the East Coast. She's been around forever. Sorry, Sue. I don't mean to implicate that you're old. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's a beautiful woman who who published the first ever about Mike Robinson article in 2015. And when she published that article, I wanted to tell her one item. I wanted to tell her how I forgot about my youngest uh, biological daughter, Kelsey, who's now in her 20s. Uh, being born. I actually forgot that because the wreck happened a month and a half after her birth. So here I am, you know, massive head injury. And it took me decades to remember the fact that my daughter was born, how she was born, and all the circumstances around it. When I named her, I went into the oh hospital. Oh, my gosh. And, she, and wow. I couldn't remember any of that until 2015. Oh, so that makes my heart, like, just, oh, wow. So 20 years goes by. I don't know how my kid's born. I don't know. And, and I'll tell you, I was, I was ingesting uh, CBD and, and, and cannabis and raw cannabis. You know, I was doing all these different things. I was just starting to get the ingestion. And this was, this happened in 2013. I had this odd memory. I was like, whoa, it was a flash. And Vogue, this Vogue. And I had a video camera in my hand thought that keeps coming to my head about my youngest biological daughter being born, Kelsey. And at the time, you know, I lived in Kelseyville, California, on Kelsey Creek Drive. I named her Kelsey in the hospital, So, but I couldn't remember it. You know, two decades oh, go by, I can't remember what happened. Yeah, and But I have this thought, and I'm hearing Vogue, the song by Madonna. I've got a, a video camera. i got a fire suit on. You know, a racing fire uh-huh. suit on. So this seems like a really weird dream where a bunch of things are coming together. And then uh-huh. my daughter's born and they push me out the door and people are yelling. And this is, this just can't be real. So, you know, I call my uh, ex-wife and we don't talk. <laughs> so I call her. She didn't want to hear it from me. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, did this happen? And she's like, let me send you a video. So anyway, she sends me this video, yeah. and, and in the video, I, I'm, I'm hopping out of a helicopter because I'm just flown in from a race. I'm racing on tour back then, and my daughter's being born, so I get called off the track, mm-hmm. hey, get back to California. 
And I'm hopping out and I get into my car, which is a convertible BMW. I turn on the, the uh, radio mm-hmm. and it's the 90s. Vogue is on by Madonna. No way. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so I've like, got an eight millimeter camera that I carry around everywhere back then. I just take <laughs> videos of everybody everywhere, and I I flick it on, and I and you can hear Vogue, and I'm talking riding down the road with a camera, also not the safest thing, you know. So <laughs> I put it down. I get to the hospital, and I walk into the hospital, and I'm like cruising, singing Vogue, <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Robinson, can you put that down? And I hear overhead. Uh, Michael Robinson paging to maternity immediately, stat, blah, blah, blah. They're like, Mr. Robinson, your child is being born. Oh so they know goodness. who I am because I'm wearing a fire suit. They're waiting for a race. So this actually happened. So you dreamed that, that or it came back to you. Yeah, and, the, and I'm going to come all, I'm going to circle all the way back to okay. what I was talking about when it came to Sue Rosen writing Mike's story. Right. So Sue writes about how I, and this is before I'm diagnosed with multiple cancers in 2015, right? Okay. So she writes this article in late 2014, early 2015, and, and she writes about how I conquer epilepsy and Lyme's disease and, and how I'm quitting my medication uh, using cannabis mm-hmm. oils. And, and I forgot to tell her this thing about, hey, you know, it also brought my memory back. So I go out onto LinkedIn and I write my first article ever, how using cannabis brings your memory back. That one article in February 2015, I have to thank Sue Rosen for it. I never heard that, that about Sue Rosen. That that so yeah, it's like one person touches another person. You just never know how you're going to impact somebody, and especially you know with the cannabis connectivity so i'll tell you back when she wrote that article i wasn't even much of a compassion provider yet i was a patient i was a compassion patient that got introduced to compassion and then started traveling about i was in colorado at the time treating uh, severe epilepsy through vaporizing and smoking i wasn't even using oils I was using CBT tincture here and there, uh-huh. um, and I had epilepsy in control after 18 years of being wildly out of control. Oh, and that's what her article was about. Okay. So all it took was one person writing that one thing, and it got me going. And through the years, you know, I'll publish something, and I'll say, look, look what you did. That's <laughs> you know? Beautiful. What a pow- uh, good way to explain how important it is for people to get their content out there to you. I mean, you're presenting like a, like you know, a silver platter here, an opportunity what? for us to get our get our anecdotal, you know, our stories. I think that's so much. You know, I, all these things happen that you know you can't really talk about with certain populations, and you're thinking like, is this really happening to me, or is this in my head? You know, is this, are these good things that I'm experiencing using cannabis really happening? Or is it, you know, is, am I just like making this up? And every time, you know, it's usually like I'll go dig around and I'll find, oh, yeah, it probably is cannabis. But, I mean, the opportunity to read what other people are writing about and not have to go on Reddit and dig through, like, Earwid and find out, <laughs> silt through exactly. all of it, you know. So it's, I, I love it, Mike. 
really you know and it's when you look at the whole picture too back when i wrote that first article it wasn't even a couple months after that that i picked up my first large amount of cannabis oil to start distributing Okay. Um, and moving around as a compassion provider. It was only maybe six months after that where I was full swing and had the American Cannabis Compassion Alliance already formed and founded with a whole slew of compassion providers after being diagnosed with not one but three stage four cancers at one time. I thought I was a dead man. Yeah. So w- when you look at all of this, I started writing, you know, in, in early 2015. And where did it bring me? It brought me through those years of being a compassion provider, mm-hmm. writing about the different patients. And then it brought me into a position where I started working at the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine as a director of communications, a director of consumer affairs, Dr. David Thurman, and the esteemed professionals there. And now my writing had to move into science, into abstracts. It had to become professional. It had to become the writings that a doctor could read and respect and right. not your everyday stoner or uh, CBD user, right? Yep. It, it, so they had to change. So then I went through a period of time throughout 2018, that whole year, and into the start of 2019 where that's where I was centered. I was published in, in multiple international journals of medicine. I spoke at several uh, symposium events presenting academia. And I found that I was speaking to a crowd that did not understand me. Doctors, clinicians, specialists from all over the globe with very little exposure to cannabinoid medicine simply didn't understand a word I said. But when I broke away from presenting academia, which is very difficult for me because I'm not a scientist Mm -hmm. or an academic, okay, (laughs) you know, when I broke away from that at the end of a presentation, and just started talking like I am right now, wow, all the eyes lit up. I had oncologists at one symposium come to the stage like I was Elvis. I mean, they were like, oh. up to the front of the stage, standing, looking up at me, and, and then raising their hands. And these are Russians, and there are different questions regarding what the cancers I had and how I beat them. And is this real? I mean, I had to literally stop talking and pulled my cell phone out of my pocket and oh showed medical records. Really? call just saying, yes, I, I'm not lying to you. I really had these cancers. But it's a full circle thing because what's happened is over a period of time, I found the great disconnect between these world yeah. of consumers. It's growing way faster than the world of doctors. I mean, there are a lot more consumers out there than there are doctors and, and specialists and scientists. Yeah. Yeah. So, the world of people using cannabis has grown so quickly that the knowledge necessary for them is this easily digestible information, which you go out looking for, Jill. So I implore people, hey, look, if you're going to write um, a lot of Facebook posts, go for it. But maybe go through some of them and say, hey, wait, this is like two or three paragraphs. Mike Robinson was talking about how this could be an article. Maybe I should show it to him. And, you know, you have my email address, so please apply it to people. They can email me, and I'll take a look at anything. I want to publish people who are not published. I want to publish people who have 
have only been published a few times. I am not interested in the person who's a professional content writer who's uh-huh. got 2,000 articles. Go away. Yeah. Okay, you're somebody yeah, that yeah, wants yeah. $300 for writing a little article. I've done it for free for five years. So I really don't want to deal with those kind of personalities. Yeah, I hear you. What I want to do is give opportunity. Yeah, because I, I think a, that you just, yeah, you just need to get this information into the right um, places, the right groups and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, Joe. I mean, there's going to be a day where I'm going to want the person who's written 2,000 articles. There's going to be a day, and it's probably coming soon, where there's funding for this, and we can hire the staff. So when I say that, who am I going to want to hire? The person I just go out and find who wrote 2,000 articles? Or the person came to me when I'm trying to get this done and submitted to me 20? Right. The person I'm going to want to hire is a person who's a go-getter who says, look, Mike, I want to make this happen just like you do. Most people that know me know I'm trying to work my way off of Social Security even to this day with all of the different brands I have, not lodging like medicinal spores, bathing, relaxation, recovery, working on tropical topicals with animals down the line. You know, I'm working on some mitigation with Hemp and cannabis domestication syndrome, a whole different issue. Wow. I mean, we've got so many huge things that are going on, you know, but when I look at all of it, we've got to advance the patient just as much as we advance the plant. Agreed. One question. So for people that, like, I guess one thing that would hold me back if I hadn't done any writing is, like, I'm, I'm afraid it's not it's not good enough or it's not in, like, this really professional format. How much do you care about I don't want to say the qual. You're looking more for the, the the content. I mean, I'm sure you want some degree of like organization in the writing, but can you? You'd be surprised <laughs> at what I'll take and edit. Yeah, um, I was going to say. If it comes on a Word document, that's all I like, you know. It, it, but I have people that pull out their cell phones and talk into it because if that's what it takes to get somebody to that. actually <laughs> tell their story, I'll take it. And, and I'll tell you, people will take out, pull out their cell phone because they're like, Mike, I can't do this. I can't. And I hear all these can'ts, and rather than getting upset because I, I can't stand the word can't. I know okay. you. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll tell them is, hey, pull your cell phone out, hit the voice to t- hit the, the the button, you know, like you're just the right. voice to text button, and start talking. And Mike, you know, I got uh, Lyme disease back when I was 18 years old, and when I was traveling through wherever, wherever, you know, I first heard about it. And, you know, I'll get these long, long, long emails. I got seven or eight of them I got to look through. I mean, they can take an hour to read, you know, but they're so interesting for me to look at. And, again, those type of emails, although they're not in a format and take a lot of work to get up on a website, mm-hmm. Give people raw information that you're never going to get from different media companies and different magazines. And, yeah, there might be a typo. Sure, Mm -hmm. there might be a comma missing. But when it comes down to it, does the consumer want the knowledge and the data? Yes, they do. And when it comes down to it, when I go back and I look at those 1931 writings from the U.S. Navy to the Surgeon General about cannabis use and marijuana use and stuff like that, you know, they've got typos and misspelling, and they're from the U.S. Navy, and I'm very interested in reading what they wrote. 
Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fascinating, and yeah, the patient stories. I I could care less. You know what? That if it's not grammatically perfect, it's it's just more authentic. I mean, and yeah, yeah, you just kind it's of. It's probably my number one complaint. You know, if I was, if somebody asked me, Mike, do people complain about your write your writings? I would say, yeah, there are. There is this small percentage. It's like one tenth of one percent that will actually have the courage to complain. And sometimes I'm very thankful mm-hmm. because their input really helps me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I've been in those positions. Yes, I do know that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that type of input helps me because, you know, it got me to take paragraphs and make them smaller. These are the mistakes that people make when they first start writing. Mm-hmm. And I used, I still do it. A paragraph oh, is this big, long block. Nobody <laughs> wants to read a big, long block. They need it broken up. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times when somebody has a story to tell, it's just a matter of being coached and how to tell it. Okay. Now, I'm still being coached by the day. I shared earlier how I'm working with somebody who's a former publisher from Hearst uh, magazines. Uh-huh. And, and She's working with me all the time. She'll look at stuff I read and come back to me and say, Mike, you know, in this paragraph, all these words didn't need to be in that sentence. Only these ones did. And I'll look and go, wow, that is tight and sharp the way you just Mm -hmm. did that. You know, so I think that all in all, to wrap this all up, we've got a lot of publications, a lot more coming. I've got Recovering with Cannabis. I've got My 420 Lifestyle. We've got... Oh, yeah, I don't. I haven't on. even. I can't keep track of them. Yeah. We we haven't launched all these different URLs. Okay. We've got about twenty up right now. With about ten, and are really pumping it. You know. Hey, do you know uh, about got, the app Otter? Otter AI. It's it's a AI app. You could put it on your phone. Just I'm just even saying this for anybody that might be listening. I use it all the time. You talk into it, and it transcribes it while you're talking. I mean, it, like it's instant transcription. It's not perfect. But I use it constantly. I upload every podcast into Otter, and I read them, and I pull it. That's where I pull out, you know, clips and quotes and whatnot. But, like, I'm thinking somebody that is listening that wants to do an article, check out, you know, these these transcription apps. They might facilitate your your efforts. Yeah, because, you know, I use one of those. Do you? you know, I, I figured. Yeah, yeah I, I use a transcription app. I'll pull it out. I'll pop it open and mm-hmm. I just talk for a minute and stop. And I do that because I'm so busy and I'm I'm moving from everybody's so busy, so I shouldn't say that. But but I'm moving from one category to the next as we do in life. Like you might mm-hmm. move from the dishes to the laundry to making a lunch. It's the same thing when you move from research to publications to formulations. You know, you're moving into different categories of the industry and you know as i move to those various different duties i have and put on different hats i'll forget things and it's really nice to have those translation apps just to pull them out say a few things and go back to it later in the day and say okay it's all the stuff i forgot yep (laughs) yep yep Thank you so much for tuning in. That was awesome. Please check out our website, tsctalks.com, our virtual market, and stay tuned for more awesome, original, and 
inspiring, emotional, moving, I, I don't know, content in the new year. Love you all. Happy New Year.